Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Time now for Ken and Curtis with Ken Laird and Chris Curtis on WEEI. Well, oh, contraire, my good folks. No Ken, no Curtis. Instead, they let the animal out from 8 a.m. into 9 a.m. to fill in. It's Chris Scheim, joined by the man himself, the super fan, the homer, my good buddy Fitzy. What's up, bud? It's the Foxborough fanboy and the DVOA hole back together again at last, my guy. It has been quite a, a long time since you and I have done a show together. Luckily, you, me, and Keith got to do a show just over a week ago together, which was a blast. Uh, great time to reminisce. But the, you and I back together on a Saturday morning for the first time in ages. I I can't I can't get enough. And for whatever it is that people come to expect from the Ken and Curtis program on a Saturday morning. You can just expect more of that, but better, higher energy, nonstop sports fanaticism at its absolutely over-caffeinated finest, bro. Let me just ask, who's going to be Ken? Who's going to be Curtis? Who's got to be Mr. Positive? And crazy mm, takes. Generally, that would be the uh, super fanboy, homer boy himself, Fitzy, and uh, the DVO a-hole over here is normally the negative one. <laughs> That's generally I, how that goes. Still, my fa- I haven't trotted that nickname out in the longest time. That That's good. Of, how come that has not been co-opted by the morning show? Uh, you know, I don't know. They like to call me the professor, which is actually kind of nicer. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm not arguing with it. You know, I, no. I go by many, uh, what is it, nom de plumes? Is that it? Yes. 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 So I have I have many as different do, pseudonyms. As do I. Uh, the honk, the homer, the Foxborough fanboy, some other things I can't <laughs> say, even if we think they're safe harbor yep. at 902 on a Saturday. Definitely nope. can't. Uh, but Fitzy, the good news for us is mm-hmm. the Red Sox actually made a move. Look at us. We come in, we host Ken and Curtis for the first time uh, in quite some time, and the Red Sox decide to actually make a move and give us something to talk about. The Red Sox signed Lucas Giolito yesterday, two years, $38.5 million, and opt out for Giolito after year one, a club option based on performance after year two, uh, and with incentives, this deal can get up to about $40 million. Which, uh, which is, if he performs to whatever standard Andrew Bailey and Craig Breslow think he can, could potentially be a steal, but the problem is, if he pitches really well, well, there's a couple problems with the deal. Uh-oh, T-minus three, two, one, to typically Boston negative media response. <laughs> uh, look, if the guy performs really well after one year, he gone. That's it. He'll probably opt out, and then he'll go try to seek, like, hardcore starter money. Though most people around the league, gate, I, I understand the X platform, formerly known as Twitter, is not a place to gauge what's going on in the real world or how people really feel, but just to sort of, like, take the temperature of Red Sox Nation – most people in baseball feel like he was overpaid. $15 million a season would have been the tops of what he should have gotten. So that leads people to then think that the Red Sox must think that they got a steal with this guy or that they can really work with him and turn him back into the starter that used to pitch to a three-and-a-half ERA for the White Sox four or five years ago and not the guy who has been absolutely serving up meatballs for, you know, with free mozzarella and toasted heroes to go with him in the last couple of seasons. I don't know. He's a big dude. He can strike people out, but it's hard to get fired up when you see elite-level starters still on the market 
guys going left and right to your competitors. And the best thing you can say is like, well, he only gave up 41 home runs last year when he was getting divorced and got <laughs> traded. So there's that. Yeah, it's it's an interesting move, right? Like it's I actually think that there was a chance that a team wanted to sign him more to a, a four year deal kind of thing, like a four for 70 type money wise. And that would be more in line with what people kind of expected him to make on a year to year salary basis. Mm-hmm. But when you look at it, it's. He's clearly betting on himself, and the Red Sox are clearly betting on him to kind of regain form and reassert himself as a dominant pitcher. And by doing that, they can then cash out uh, after one year if he wants to go get a better contract and re-explore the pitching market, which will be even better next year. And so I I don't hate the deal. Like, it's not – I'm. Let me put it this way. I'm happy they made a move, right? Mm -hmm. To this point, they had spent a million dollars on Cooper Criswell while the the L.A. Dodgers had spent over a billion. So the fact that you actually went out, (laughs) signed a legitimate MLB starter to put in the rotation alongside Bayo and Chris Sale and and, and those guys, like, okay, I'm happy. It's a step in the right direction. Is it the best guy on the market? No. But, like, it's a legit pitcher. Yeah, so last year... Uh, he made 33 starts. He had a uh, just under four ERA with the White Sox. Goes to the Angels and gets absolutely mauled. Yep. They mortgage part of their future to try to convince Shohei to stay. That didn't work out so well. And then they move him on. They let go. They let, send him to the Guardians. He gets mashed over there as well. So if you wipe that year out, he's basically someone who's going to pitch to around a four ERA. Big dude. Can eat the innings. Uh, definitely has a plus and fastball. He's going to strike out a million people. Yes, he most certainly will, but also can serve up the Long Johnsons as well. So, uh, you know, hey, yes, I, like you, am glad that the, the Red Sox finally signed somebody as well. Would he have been the first person that I, that Sox fans would have liked to have seen the organization go after? Probably not. But at least now you have somebody who is a professional starter who can eat innings, who can man the up near top of the rotation if he can return to form. And if, you know, pitching at friendly Fenway is something that cottons to his style in 2024, yeah, then maybe they will have a near top of the rotation starter to add to whatever it else is that they're going to put out there. And maybe also, maybe this also convinces other people like, oh, the Red Sox aren't just going to nickel and dime their way through the offseason. Maybe, you know, hey, they got Giolito. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll tell my agent to listen because they're going to try to actually build a contender and not just be a you know, mid-level pretender. Yeah, and there's room here to sign another starter, which is good yeah. news, right? Like, there's plenty of money to go around now. You didn't invest in Yamamoto or Otani. You have plenty of money to invest in other starters here to build up that rotation more. And it kind of lends credence to what the Red Sox did last year a lot of the times, which was rely on the bullpen to be awesome. And sure. and for long stretches of that season last year, that bullpen was really good, and that's exactly what this guy's going to do, right? He's going to go out, get you five or six solid innings with like a million strikeouts. He's, I think he averages like ten strikeouts per nine last year. Yep. Um, and, and he's going to get you going, right? He's going to eat up those innings, as you said. And in a best-case scenario, if he makes the exact same amount of starts as last year, get you anywhere between five and six, you're looking at 180 to 190 innings pitched which is more than what the Red Sox have gotten out of starting pitching over the last few years like 180 innings pitched would be good for a starting pitcher in the Red Sox rotation yeah last year was his his innings uh peak in his professional career at 184 and a third innings but then again like we said he also pitched for three different teams some called it a bit of a circuitous season uh Mm, for the 29 year old power throwing right-hander I, I would love to see him be, like, the number two starter. Although I do wonder this, Shime. Let's say Giolito pitches to, you know, let's say two wins for every one loss and uh, four ERA, and the Red Sox offense is decent enough to support him so that he doesn't just feel like he's whistling away on the mound, uh, wasting away on the mound. Where does he fit in in the rotation, like, r- right now? Where is he? Is he, like, the— Probably number guy? three. Is he three? So who's one? Brian Bayo, maybe. I mean, that, to I me, I can't believe Bayo would be the ace already. Well, it, I, I don't even know that you call him the ace. He's just your number one pitcher, right? He's the face of your franchise. You want to get him ready for the future, so you let him start opening day. Like Chris Sale, I guess was t- is technically your number one, but like, who knows even what he's going to be, and how long he's going to be healthy for? So that's why I think on opening day, as of this moment. I give the rock to Brian Bale. I let him go out. I let him be the face of my pitching rotation. Is he a legit ace? No, he's still young. He's still growing. He's still developing. But you give him that 
that moment and, and that 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 one start to build on, and you go forward. I think that's kind of at least how I would approach it. Well, the issue might be the back half of the rotation because we had Joe Weil and Cooper Borbin both talk about the fact that Hauk, Whitlock, and Winkowski are going to be stretched uh, from long relievers to back of the end starters like do we really trust that well so that's why i think that there's money left to be had for starting pitching like on this market i think there's still guys you can go out and get fill out this rotation you know that the james paxton is that name that's been floated out there a little bit too that the red sox have interest in him again yep so adding a guy like that i mean there 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 you go with your four legitimate starters which allows how Crawford, Pavetta, Whitlock, all those guys to be in the bullpen and really kind of secure what should be the strength of the team. Yeah, okay, so here's here's a valid point. So when I say so when I say like, you know, when I put out on socials like, hey, a guy gives higher ERA than you would want, necessarily gave up a lot of ding-dongs last season and people get all, you know, bent out of shape because they're happy the Red Sox signed somebody, so why can't we celebrate nice things or this is why we can't have them. I just want to temper people's expectations like this is not the ace. This is not the Correct. guy who's going to come in and all of a sudden it's Pedro Day out on what used to be called Yaki Way and is now Jersey Street. Like it's not going he's not going to now he could be a steal. He could end up pitching pitching well enough to be a front end uh, front end rotation guy. That's great. Maybe he'll maybe he'll eat innings like we said. Maybe he'll keep the Sox in more ball games than he blasts them out of. Awesome. But like when you're looking at the rotation now, so Fangraphs has it as Sale is your opening day starter. Gilito is two, Pavetta three, Bayo four, and Hauk five. Um, I guess that's where he's probably slotted in. I would feel way more comfortable, as Joe just pointed out, with a lot of the guys potentially being stretch starters, also potentially relievers. I would love to see the Red Sox go get one other pitcher. Agreed. I would absolutely love to see them get one other arm, just because look at the attrition in the rotation last year. Like, guys... Guys were just flying in and out of the disabled list. Chris Sale wakes up and he, you know, gets out of bed and he's on the 15-day IL. Tanner Houck obviously had that freak accident, but that can just sort of happen, especially when you're a fastball pitcher in the American League or anywhere. Go get one other guy. If this is the start of things and it's going to be sort of like a mid-market approach trying to find the best value, okay, at least it's something as opposed to the whole big old bag of nothing, which was what they were doing when it was only, you know, Richard Fitz and Tyler O'Neill and you know, Cooper Criswell. <laughs> yeah, it's... It, Let's it's, be honest, does anything that they do move the needle? Like, they could go get Blake Snell. Is anyone really going to believe in them? No, no. I, but that's not... I don't think that's the hmm. point, right? Like, yeah. there's no name out here that you're going to go sign just by paying the money that's going to make you get all juiced up about the Red Sox. It's just not going to happen. The guys that were going to do that were Shohei Otani and Yamamoto. You got mm-hmm. neither of them. You didn't trade for Soto. Like... Nope. The only way you can make that needle move is if you make some ridiculous trade for Mike Trout, which isn't going to happen. Like, so playing in fairy tale land isn't going to help us. We just have to be realistic with how you can at least help build this team going forward, right? So, like, adding a guy like Giolito, adding another guy like a Blake Snell would at least secure the rotation, right? You have a legit four deep starting pitchers. You allow your bullpen to be really good. You allow your hitters to be really good. And it's like you just you have to start building. You have to start spending money somewhere. You don't have to do it on you don't have to overspend on guys that are borderline top end talent. You just have to spend money and you have to start building. You have to start doing something. And if you also can like look at it this way, I still wish I mean my God why in the world Heim Bloom let guys like Nathan Evaldi who oh, didn't God. get crazy money and Michael Walker? I've had the see that's the thing, dude. Once somebody comes to Fenway, and maybe Giolito will prove, oh hey, look, looks like this guy really works at Fenway. If two thirds of the way through the season, don't give him the chance to opt out immediately. Reconfigure the deal and lock him in for a couple of years because maybe he'll be happy that he got good money from the Sox and maybe he likes it at Fenway and maybe his family says, Hey, this is a fun place to play baseball, and maybe the the passion of the uh, the fellowship of the miserable will get reignited, and he'll be a part of that. Awesome, but when you like when to me, it wasn't even just holding on to his picks in a you know and regrowing the farm system in a uh, bloated Danny Angian style, if you will, crossing sports for the reference. Um, to me, Heim Bloom's greatest crime, and maybe this has a lot to do, Shime, with ownership and the edicts they've handed out financially, is letting guys like Schwarber, who fit, like Ivaldi, who fit, like Waka, who had a career renaissance with the Red Sox in 2020. Letting these guys walk over pennies. Now, like if you added Giolito to a rotation that had those guys, 
plus Bayo and Sale, and then you could stretch out some of the other guys. I mean, that would be awesome. Then you could afford to sign Paxton. Hell, go six deep. At this point now, you know, uh, I just hope fans don't expect too much of Giolito. But like Merloni said last night on on Twitter, now I'm fixing my eyes on Paxton. We're not going to go ahead and get the top-end guy, but if we yep. can get some guys that have worked here who like it here, who can be good, solid, middle-of-the-rotation, dependable guys, you can start building a legit competitive baseball team around that this is where you need to put on your bill belichick hat right like it's not not to do another cross-board analogy again here but he he has always filled in the cracks right when it came to mid-level talent uh that he felt would fit good within the patriot system whether it was defensively or offensively that's right primarily defensively uh and he would go and find them guys like jelani tavai or you know of that ilk where he's like oh i can find your kyle van noise your rob ninkovich's i can your find Mike them Vrabel. yes he's, he's a I, legend at finding those guys where it's like he looks like he's got talent but he's on someone else's scrap like bill belichick is the master the king of the uh, NFL Alston Christmas, where it's out on the curb and someone else picks it up and reconstitutes it for a new purpose. And that's what the Red Sox need to do right now. They got Giolito. They spent their money on one guy. It wasn't massive money, but it was relatively, it was larger than market value. So you you went and got your legit starting pitcher, add him to the rotation. So now let's start filling in the cracks. You get James Paxton, you get some other guys in here, and then you start building towards the future. Because at the same time, you're also expecting some of those younger guys you have in the system that Heim Bloom was so obsessed with not touching are going to start evolving and getting ready to join your lineup as well. Yeah, that's right. right. 617-779-7937 if you want to join us this morning. It is Fitzy and Chime filling in for Ken and Curtis on this Saturday, and Joe Braverman is going to get you caught up with what's trending. Gresham Fourier, weekdays 10 to 2. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Well, despite being shorthanded and on the second night of a back-to-back, the Celtics moved to 16-0 at home with a 120-118 victory over the Toronto Raptors. It's their fifth straight win. The Seas did lead by as much as 20, but Jalen Brown led the spark and held him off. He finished with 31 points, 10 rebounds, and 6 assists. Derek White was right behind him with 21. Luke Cornett got the start and had 20 points on 9 of 11 shooting and 8 rebounds. Coach Joe Mazzula talked about all the confidence that he has in those makeup players. Well, I said before the game to the locker room, um, you know, this is another opportunity. I don't care who we're playing against or what the starting lineup is or what the bench is. I got complete trust and confidence in the character of our locker room because of who they are. And uh, I think we can win any game, no matter what. Next up for the Celtics will be a New Year's Eve night showdown in San Antonio to take on Victor Wembenyama and the Spurs. As we just talked about, the Red Sox made a move in free agency. The team has signed starter Lucas Giolito to a two-year, $38.5 million contract. The right-hander finished 8-15 with a 488 ERA in 2023 with an American League high 41 home runs allowed with the White Sox, Angels, and Guardians. The Bruins are back in the ice tonight, hosting the Devils from TD Garden. Coach Jim Montgomery said recent call-up Georgie Merkulov will be in the lineup for his NHL debut. Thank you, Sean, for the applaud on the pronunciation. Lo- love love me some Merkulov. Of course, why not? Uh, puck drop for Bruins and Devils is set for 7 o'clock. Final injury report has been released as the Patriots head to Buffalo for their final road game of the season tomorrow. Juwan Bentley, Kayshawn Booty, Trent Brown, Ezekiel Elliott, and Jalen Mills were removed from the injury report. However, Juju Smith-Schuster has already been ruled out with his lingering ankle injury. None of other pads are questionable. That would be Christian Barmore, Miles Bryant, Kyle Duggar, who was a new addition, Hunter Henry, Anthony Jennings, Jonathan Jones, Jabril Peppers, Matthew Slater, and Sean Wade. No big names for Buffalo on their injury report. Pats and Bills kick off from Highmark Stadium at 1 p.m. tomorrow afternoon. And staying in the NFL, Week 17 continues today with a Saturday night primetime matchup between the Lions and the Cowboys. You can listen to Westwood One's coverage of that game right here on 93.7 WEI-FM with beginning at 7.45. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on WEI and WEI.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is the Ken and Curtis Show right here on Boston Sports Original WEEI. No Ken, no Curtis with you today. It is Fitzy and Shine with you all the way up until noontime today. Fitzy, I got to tell you, it's, this is just, this is the best. I missed you, bud. I missed uh, you. Absolute, I find this to be such an absolute stress-free, laid-back, my kind of sports talk delight, Shine. <laughs> uh, you know, Hart and I did our due diligence. I know you did a lot of mornings this week. You were producing. You were chatting with Curtis, whatever. We had a great time. When it was you, me, and Keith, rave reviews uh, a couple of couple of days back, right before the holiday. Hart and I, uh, solid week is solid week as well. And I I forgot, and I wanted to run this one by you, Sean, uh, with uh, working with Braverman all week, who did a spectacular job filling in for one both of the hardest Billy working Lane. men in the business. Swear to God, uh, it, uh, you know, nobody like in full Belichick, like no one works harder than uh, Braverman, <laughs> like first in, last out, like he's really steps just, up, steps up all the time. Everything you ask of him. It's it's amazing because he did the work of Billy Lanny and Nick LaPan all week seamlessly. Um, we are two things. One, right now, a primetime parlay is hanging in the balance based off oh. of Joe Braverman's money line pick of the Washington Cougars Monday for the college football oh, playoff. Nice. I love that pick. Okay, well I, I, Huskies, Huskies on the money Huskies, line over Cougars. Texas. Sorry. No, it's the Washington State Cougars and the Washington Huskies. My apologies. I love so Huskies, Washington. So Huskies on the money line. Let's go. Michael Penix, Jr., uh, yesterday, Hart had Mizzou, who pulled off a nice win. A, if you bet on the game, and B, who doesn't love rooting against Ohio State, which was Hart's logic, and it worked. I, I'm so mad. Braverman, I told you how much I loved Notre Dame yesterday against Oregon State because Oregon State had no offense to speak of thanks to the transfer portal and a couple of injuries, and Notre Dame would be playing powerhouse football. Spoiler alert, they only won by 31. <laughs> but the problem was, in addition to forgetting to put money on our parlay, which I promised I would do, Shyam, what is the term for, I was on the radio and the game started at 2 and I forgot to put the bet in by the time there was kickoff because I went and got water, used the bathroom, and then it was 2.02 and I was like, no! shut him up! Well, well, I'm 50, so mad that I missed it. Here's the thing, though. You know you could have just bet the live line, right? Like two minutes yeah. into the game, you could just bet the live line? I know. I know. <laughs> but then I, 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 I I'm, you missed out. I, I get it. I did. I, I missed out. It was it, it was it was a total my bad. And two, Braverman, what do we do now? Because Shine, this week over the course of the midday show, Hart Braverman and I took the Red Sox from the nickname of the Interest Kings to the Tire Kickers. Ooh, so okay. Now the Sox have gone past. Shout out just to the tire text line ki- for that one. No, oh, shout out to the text line. Excellent. Thank you guys at three seven ninety three seven. Yeah, they went from that to tire kickers. Someone said window shoppers. Right. They've so got, Shine, they got a lot of nicknames. Okay. Yeah, which is great. And they were all that and then some. But now they actually pulled up into the used car lot. And it's like one of those, you know, certified used car lots, not some, you know, one at the corner where you're not sure if you're just getting a beater or it's a scam. They went and purchased themselves a a nice, uh, gently used Giolito. Uh, So I guess now the Red Sox are back in business and there's reason for, you know, Sox fans to have a little hope this offseason, which is a a beautiful thing. It's nice to at least have a little bit of hope. But I did want a Euro step real quick off of Joe's Washington Huskies pick. So, you know. Live idea right on the air. We didn't talk Euros. about this beforehand. Uh, yeah, a little uh, kickflip ollie right off of Joe's idea. It's a, a great, that's an absolutely fantastic sports metaphor radio term. Thank you. Yeah, so let's Euro step off of Joe's uh, Washington Moneyline pick. 
Uh, can we do a Ken and Curtis replacements parlay right now, including that pick? Because I too have a pick I love tonight, and then we could and then we could toss in the uh, the Lions Cowboys game as well because th- this is a uh, this is uh, right up my wheelhouse, and I have been dying for this. Join all the day. fun shine. Come on in. I'm telling Water's you, fine. Me, I'm telling you, Lions uh, Cowboys tonight. Jameer Gibbs, sixty plus rushing yards. Book it. Lock it in. Really? Yo, yeah. A hundred percent. So Jonathan Hankins is missing in the middle of the lineup uh, for the defensive line of the Dallas Cowboys. They have been getting pummeled by the run. Good and point. there is not a team in football whose offensive line is better at running the football right. than the Detroit Lions. All right, Chime. So right now I'm on my preferred sports book of choice, obviously the sponsor of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast, FanDuel Sports. I am also on FanDuel at this very moment. Well done. Well done, my friend. So right now I can get Jameer Gibbs at 52 and a half yards, minus 113, and it's also minus 113. David Montgomery, 56 and a half. Why would I? Why would I not maybe take Montgomery, who's a bit more of a between the tackles guy, and then maybe take the passing yards prop on Jameer Gibbs, who right now, once he catches like a screen or you know, he just goes he, or something in the flat, he gone. He's man. explosive. Like, well, I we're think, seeing why they were interested in him all the way up at twelve. I, I think that's actually one of the reasons why I like the uh, the Gibbs number better. Like if I'm betting on. A touchdown scorer here, I would probably lean Montgomery just because he gets those carries within 10 yards of the the goal line. But when it comes to just open field explosiveness, man, Mm -hmm. they love to run way more power with Gibbs um, than they do with Montgomery, which is – it's kind of – a little weird knowing that Montgomery seems to be the more goal line back, so you'd expect more power. Where it's mm-hmm. actually kind of opposite; they love to run run a little bit more wide zone uh, with Montgomery and a little bit more power with Gibbs. And so I think Gibbs is going to feast uh, in this game. And so I-, I think there's a chance he breaks a run of twenty plus at some point in the first half. And this number seems way too small. Uh, I also love the plus money at sixty. So by getting the plus money there with the plus money from Washington, just the two alone already puts you at plus four seventy five. Um, so and then I think you, and then I think we also toss in the Bruins money line Devils on the second night of a back to back Bruins have had a couple days off they know that they lost a few games uh, I think they lost like five of six um, after the getting the win just the other night and they need to come out and get another win against a good Eastern Conference team uh, so I think tossing the Bruins in there as well might be the play. You can call me an NFL casual or just a betting basic, but how in the world? Am I supposed to not bet the over fifty two and a half points in Lions Cowboys tonight? Is that just staring me in the face? That, that is just- the squarest bet on the board. I will it be honest be. with you. So, honest to God, I mean, how do you not just pay for Christmas by just laying whatever is in the account and maybe dropping a couple extra bucks in hopes that those credit card bills, which are coming down the Mass Pike pretty damn fast, can get taken care of by a very spry Washington? Uh, excuse me, Detroit Lions offense. And a Dallas team that is looking to kind of prove themselves on national TV because their offense at home, Shime, versus their offense on the road. You want to talk about oh, night man. and day. It is crazy. And and so I think, too, the way to actually approach this is instead of placing the suckers bet, which is the over 52 and a half, which I don't think is necessarily a bad bet. Like it is the squarest bet on the board, but it's not necessarily a bad bet. I think the better way to approach it personally is the Cowboys team total in the first half. All right. Not to get real degenerate on you here, not to spiral into a ton of gambling talk, but giddy up. Uh, Cowboys total team total in the first half right now is over 14 and a half, and that's uh, plus 115. The Dallas Cowboys have scored, I believe it's 17 points in the first half of football games. Something like ten out of the last eleven. Wow. It's it the it, it, the Dallas Cowboys lighted up in the first half and against a Detroit defense who isn't that good, uh, nope. and with their own defense struggling and Detroit being able to put points on the board, I think Dallas is going to have to respond, which to me indicates uh, an over fourteen and a half first half team total for the Cowboys. Is what I like. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a solid play right there. I would also imagine that uh, Jared Goff uh, throws. I wonder if I can get the INT prop on Goff tonight as well. I just have a feeling it'd be big game like that. He always offers the other. He, I mean, he gives the other team a chance on half of his passes, no doubt. Well, especially uh, against a Dallas defense that is gonna take advantage of those opportunities. A guy like uh-huh. Deron Bland, who has the single season record for most pick sixes, is gonna be looking for another one. He always is. Hmm. Yeah, he he always is as well. And I'll tell you, somebody who's been very good to me on the propositionals this season, I don't think I have ever lost anything this year involving Sam Laporta. So, yeah, so last week, actually, he had his lowest usage rate 
uh, in his young career, at least so far this season. Um, they they were barely looking his way at all. So I kind of would expect a bounce back, especially with the lack of talent for the Cowboys at linebacker. I think mm-hmm. Laporta could have a big day. I would I would lean a lot into Laporta and uh, the running backs if you're looking to build a nice little same game parlay here. You know, maybe. Bring the over down a little bit on the uh, alternate line. Toss in a Laporta and a Gibbs prop, and I think you're looking good. Delicious. And just like we discussed during the break, when we're like, all right, start Red Sox, then we'll make our way into the Celtics, and we'll save the NFL for hour two and three. We delve deep into the degenerate waters of betting the Saturday night game, which, by the way, is the centerpiece of my Saturday. I got tons to do in terms of wait. I got work. I got cleanup. I got six rings prep for tomorrow. I got the two kids with me for the majority of the afternoon. I am focusing all the energies of this particular person's Death Star. All the firepower is focused on making sure that I have a clean slate by 816 when the game kicks off tonight. Well, Fitzy, you know me. Like, you chummed the waters with the Joe Braverman Washington pick. How could I not take that alley-oop and absolutely 360 (laughs) dunk it? Like I, I shattered the glass with this one. It is I, you know me. I just, I just want to, I want to talk gambling all the time. Yeah, so Fitzy, you got to be careful about gambling around Shime. One little word, it'll set him off. I start sweating. Like it's just, uh, it's the best. That's right, uh, Braverman. I am dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> but and, that's uh, by the yeah. By the way, finished uh, last night. I finished watching. Um, I actually watched it earlier in the week, and then I for- forced myself to go back and rewatch it to see if I felt the same way about it the second time. I rewatched Dead Reckoning last night, part one of Mission Impossible, part seven. Uh, have you seen it yet, Shime? I have not, no. Uh, holy smokes. Uh, you know, upon upon immediate review, like I thought it necessitated uh, a second watch within a week's time. Holy smokes. The action sequences in that movie, like, they're just... it. Watch it when you get a chance. I don't know when you build in your... Your, your movie watching, your holiday movie watching, or your like decompressing from football watching and catch up on the, on all the cinema. But um, I've gotten into it earlier this season just because it's a, it's a nice uh, salve. It's a nice bomb from the negativity that has surrounded mm-hmm. Talking Patriots 24-7. Damn, man. That Haley Atwell and Tom Cruise, you want to talk about a same-game parlay, I would ride every <laughs> night. Holy smokes. Deep in the all-22s, Fitzy, still, I am gotcha. just kind of... I am... Most times I come here, I produce the Greg Hill Show in the morning, Monday through Friday. I go home, I sit in my little cave, and I play video games and watch the All-22. And that's kind of the way I live my life at the moment. Yeah, it's what happens couple, during football yeah, season. Yeah, mixing a couple of seltzers, uh, you know, seasonal cocktails and crafties, and that is good L-I-V-I-N. Oh, I have been drinking many a crafties. It has been it has been quite the uh, the blessed holiday season, let me tell you. It has to been wonderful. Least. Um Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. If you want to weigh in on the Red Sox, which we talked about to open the show, if you want to weigh in on uh, our part, you know, our gambling here, Joe's pick of uh, of Washington on New Year's Day uh, in the against Texas, correct? They're currently four and a half point dogs. Joe does doesn't care about the points; he just wants the money line. Just to have them win. I gotta tell you that the is chutzpah. still. I love it. I, eventually, I know we're gonna talk Celtics, but I, I see you can't mention that one more time without me wondering aloud, like. Did Las Vegas, as good as Texas has been, did Las Vegas not see Washington go toe-to-toe twice with a top-ten-worthy team in the form of Oregon and say... Mm, and beat him like twice. Pretty, yeah, they beat him twice. Michael Penix outdueled Bo Nix, who I think is a borderline pro-ready quarterback now, two times on the biggest national stage, giving us two of the most entertaining games of the year. I do understand Texas beat Alabama outright, which is what caused all of the controversy and consternation when it came time for choosing the final four in the college football playoff but i mean yeah washington is a very live dog on monday night very live dog especially with the quality receivers that washington has when you're looking at a guy like michael Penix, and then you talk about roma dunze and stuff like that like that this this washington team can play they they went toe-to-toe and beat oregon not once but twice um they've done it on the biggest stage they beat what 18 ranked utah as well i believe so this washington team can play that offense is unbelievably explosive you cannot just look past them and assume Texas wins this game just because they're in the SEC. Washington is a legit football team uh, that beat a very, very talented Oregon squad. Um, and I am I, I think these games are going to be awesome. I love the uh, the Monday slate. But we will get to that. First with Fitzy, quickly, we have to mention the Boston Celtics because last night's win, an undermanned performance, Jalen Brown 
goes out there, no Jason Tatum, no Kristaps Porzingis, no Al Horford. Jalen Brown says, don't worry. You made me the highest paid player in the league. I'll put you on my back and carry you to the win. And that's what happened. The and guy it was had, a sore back, too. He missed the previous game. Exactly. He had missed the previous game with a sore back. Thank you, Joe. He was he scored 31 points, had 10 rebounds, and 6 assists to that game. Like, just put the backpack on, the wheel, uh, the, the uh, Drew Locke backpack, stra- strapped that sucker on, and carried this team to a W against the Raptors uh, in the second game of a back-to-back. And th- this Celtics team, man, they are so good, top to bottom. It is... Kind of remarkable to me how eh, Christoph Porzingis puts up 35 out the next night. Doesn't matter. Still win. Jason Tatum had 31 the night before. Yep. Out. Still win. Like this team, it, 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 I'm kind of in a holding pattern because it feels too much like last year's Bruins team for me to get so amped up and then watch them lose at like the first or second round of the playoffs. So for me, I'm kind of in a holding pattern. But top to bottom, the starting five of this team is tremendous. I got to tell you, I... As somebody who was not the biggest fan of signing Jalen Brown to the max deal, I know he earned it. It was probably the only way to keep him unless you were going to deal him. So, But these are just the these are the economics of the game and the now, so I understand that's how it had to be ultimately. Wasn't the biggest fan. We'll still honestly own and wear that jacket if that jacket ultimately proves to be one loaded with shame. It's great to see him playing, his be- I think, his best basketball of his career. And it's funny how these guys seem to play their best basketball I don't want to go all Jeff Goodman here like, oh, these guys don't really hang out off the court and they take two different Ubers on the way home from the game. You know, I I think they play their best basketball a lot of the times when they operate individually. And so when Jalen Brown knew he had to carry the team last night, he did. He was awesome. 31-10-6, massive game. And also, as soon as that injury report came out yesterday, Shime, I immediately thought like, okay, you know. Ooh, bet the Raptors. (laughs) (laughs) No, I see, I have... I have more confidence in the Celtics team when they're undermanned than I do sometimes when they are at full strength. For some reason, guys like there's always someone who randomly steps up. Last night it was Luke Cornett. Some other nights it's Peyton Pritchard. Derek White is my guy every night, all the time, 24-7, 365. Another great game for him, over 20 points, five rebounds, seven assists. And his his lane presence, I mean, whoever would have thought that the best low-post presence, the best low-post defender on the Celtics would be Derek White. Now, I know it's Horford or Porzingis in the long run. Like, you're not going to see Derek White on Giannis in the playoffs. <laughs> but the way this guy just flies through the lane and blocks shots more often than not with his left hand out of the blue, it's stunning. It's a testament to the guy's fortitude, his playmaking, his big play ability, which we obviously saw on full display against the Miami Heat last May. I just, I with every game, I hope people appreciate how good this guy is. It's interesting you bring that up because I I just heard a TikTok yesterday uh, from J.J. Reddick's podcast of him breaking down exactly why Derek White should be an uh, um, all-star participant. I I thought it was awesome. Like, it's, it's... Advanced stats that are way above my head when it comes to the world of basketball. I'm more into the NFL advanced stats. You know, made DVOA yep. hole over here. Um, yep. But I appreciate anybody who could break down advanced stats in their given sport. And that's exactly what J.J. Reddick did. When it comes to, like, points created per touch, Derek White is in the top three in the league. When it comes to points defended per touch, so when he is squared up against anybody touching the basketball, he's top ten in the league. This guy is one of the best guards, two-way guards, in all of basketball right now. And so Derek White has been the kind of quiet story and quiet glue of this Celtics team so far this season. But the issue has been, as J.J. pointed out on his podcast, role players don't ever make the All-Star Correct. team. And that's, and that's the big issue is they should, but they don't. Like, he is so unbelievably valuable to this team. I think now the Celtics are 23-4 and four with him on the court and 2-2 two and two with him off the court. Wow. That's, and that's, that's a big deal, right? Like 500 with him off the court and just a ridiculous winning percentage on. And so I think Derek White has been kind of the quiet story. But we'll get into more Celtics here coming up. 617-779-7937. The Red Sox signing Lucas Giolito still on the table as well. If you want to weigh in on that, 37937 if you want to text in. It was funny. Uh, Fitzy and I were talking Celtics in the break before we got derailed by gambling. And Fitzy brought up to me. That he has, he, he felt like last night was the perfect example of the issues the Celtics need to address at the trade deadline. And so I'm curious his thoughts. We'll get that next right here on Ken and Curtis with Fitzy and John. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Four in the shot clock. Right. Yeah! Up against the shot clock. Look at the footwork. No space. That's what he does. Makes big plays. Brown to the basket. That's a great five. I'm not sure Jalen Brown makes that play a year ago. That's great vision. Hitting Cornette on the dive. Oh, that's a great tip in. Good job by Cornette clearing that ball. Very nice. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they stay there. And they say, yeah. And they this is the Ken and Curtis show right here on Boston Sports Original WEEI. No Ken, no Curtis. Fitzy and Shime filling in today. Not to get entirely derailed again, Fitzy, but with that rejoin, I have to say, uh, T-Pain, one of the most underappreciated celebrities we have in the world. T-Pain is amazing. Can I also just add that as somebody who regularly partakes in the on-field entertainment or halftime festivities at Gillette Stadium, as part of my game day in-stadium host responsibility, Shime, sometimes I find out that I'm running an impromptu game, uh, some sort of fan service, or yes. like I got to do last time, we played Two Truths and a Lie with Corey Dillon, uh, Marcus Cannon, Ooh. and Jonas Gray, and I got to okay. interview Corey Dillon on field at halftime. That's pretty of, cool. It was awesome. It was great. Uh, what was the last home game? The Chiefs game. So it was great, a- and it's I mean, it's a thrill of a lifetime. It truly is an honor, and it's, you know, between this and that makes for just fulfilling a sports, a local sports fan's dream to get to do that. That said... Okay, what would you rather have for halftime entertainment? Would you rather have Fitzy on the field, Nick Fitzy Stevens interviewing Corey Dillon, or T-Pain performing live for you at Allegiant Stadium? Uh, Let me (laughs) tell you. Which is what I got to see last year when I saw the Raiders-Patriots game, you know, the infamous Jacoby Myers backwards lateral. He was literally the halftime show. I love T-Pain. I am a. I might be Fitzy the biggest T-Pain fan you know. Not that you know many, but I might be the biggest. I love I am in love with T-Pain. I think he is one of the most entertaining humans on the planet. Uh, he he streams on Twitch as well. His if you've ever seen, he has like a viral Twitch intro, which is outstanding. He just there's a bunch of clips going around now of his live concert out in L.A. of him doing a bunch of covers of songs, and people never realized that T-Pain could like actually sing. He can really. He's he one of those guys where it's like, where did so that come good. from? Yeah, he does uh, Stapleton's Tennessee Whiskey. Kills it. He does the White People Anthem, Don't Stop Believing. Kills it. <laughs> like he he is, T-Pain is one of the underappreciated treasures we have in this country. That's Yeah, he's he was something else. And I just thought it was so funny uh, to be out there at that game last year. Obviously, it was something I'll never forget for the remainder of this human existence. <laughs> but to see him at halftime and just be like, huh. So fans at Gillette get me talking to people <laughs> who are play, playing on oversized tic-tac-toe with That's local... That's the difference between Foxborough and Vegas. <laughs> uh, it was it, wild, to say the least. That's also a fun little side topic, not that we'll have room for it today because we have such a, a packed sports dance card, but, like, who is your guilty pleasure entertainer? Like, T-Pain may be your guy. Like, yeah. you just, like, you can't get enough. I cannot. I All of the T-Pain oh, yeah. content, I'll take it. Careful, he might swear. He might, but that's all right. He's, he is the best. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Boop, boop. Yeah. Boop, boop. Yeah. yeah, his Twitch intro is insane. It's so good. But one of the more underrated, uh, underappreciated treasures that we have in Boston, 
the Boston Celtics because they're kicking ass. Uh, not to get back to the Celtics, not to try and parlay T-Pain back into the Celtics here. Uh, but Fitzy, you had told me that you felt like last night showed you exactly what the Celtics needed to address at the trade deadline. And I'm curious what your answer is because I don't necessarily see a desperate need, but you clearly uh, uh, saw something and I wanted to know what it was that you saw. Okay, so last night, uh, the easy way to say it is, hey, man, no Tatum, no Porzingis, no Horford, no problem, bro. Celtics are always going to roll, man. That's how loaded this team is. Okay, sure, yeah. They got out to a nice early lead. They held on to it for a while. Then the Raptors kept playing their asses off. There was no quitting that team last night as well. Shout out Scotty Barnes for an absolutely awesome game. 30-10-5. He, he couldn't miss in the second half last night. But the thing that just kept coming to my mind when I was watching the Celtics have that lead get eaten into and then have the Raptors take the lead in the fourth quarter, I thought, all right, well, if they're going to lose this game, it's great to see that they came out hot early, but you could you could just chalk it up to no Porzingis, no Tatum, no Horford. What do you expect them to do? But two, like you had, but you had right there, Shime. You had your three best rebounders all out. You had your two best low post defenders, Porzingis and Horford, out. And the thing that keeps coming back to me is what people talked about before the season even tipped off once all the trades were consummated, which was the Celtics need more big depth. They need, if it's a big that can score, great. But most importantly, they absolutely need a low post defender that can maybe eat a couple minutes every night, but they have to have someone who's bench ready and could possibly get, uh, you know, asked to step in because look at, look at Horford and Porzingis. Because uh, they got murdered in the paint last night, like the 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 Raptors had so many second chance putbacks and points. Like yeah, it was but they too got murdered even worse two nights ago against the Pistons. Like yeah, that. Okay, the, the Pistons again. absolutely dominated them, and they had Porzingis on the floor. Correct. Yeah, and that's when they had him on the floor. But he he was scoring his ass off. But I think he was probably kind of like mitigating his defensive efforts because he's always managing a little something. And you know, I I don't know how I feel ultimately about the line I set before the season of Porzingis games played 64 and a half like we may get the over but barely on that one and that's fine again as so long as he's healthy come postseason that's what matters most but if you've got Horford who's not going to play back-to-backs and they're going to load manage all the way because he played several hundred minutes too many last season when he was I don't know a year younger and he's all, all, almost 40 now and Porzingis unicorn that he may be and he's a much better two-way defender and low post presence than people give him credit for because you think Porzingis and you think all of his unique scoring abilities, these guys could both be out any given night and not when the Celtics are planning to have both of them out. you got to have somebody else that can step in there that can actually just clog the lane or maybe give them some sort of low post presence, defensively speaking. So you saw that happen against Detroit and especially last night. That is going to be priority number one if you're me, or rather if you're the Celtics, come late January, early February at the trade. So here's my counter, and it's just... Yeah, they, those guys are going to get load managed the rest of the way, but come playoff time, is it really going to matter? And like at, to this point, you're 25 and 6. You're the number 1 seed in the Eastern Conference with the way the roster is currently constituted. I don't think you need to expend any assets to really add anything at the deadline. I think you're kind of good the way you are at the moment and you continue to load manage, you continue to do what you've been doing. Uh, mm-hmm. going through the season so that these guys are all healthy come playoffs because then in the playoffs, it's a rotation of six, maybe seven. Like the only guys getting on the court that aren't in your starting five of Porzingis, Tatum, Brown, White, and Drew Holiday is Al Horford and like maybe a little bit of Peyton Pritchard. That's it. Like nobody yep. else is touching well, the floor. Sam Hauser in there too for an eight man. I mean, coming in the playoffs, he's not going to touch the floor. He's going to touch the floor in blowouts. That's it. Like those guys, right. those five guys are going to be on the floor almost the entire game every night because that is your best chance to win. That is your best lineup. Nobody's coming off the floor. So even if you go out at the deadline and get a quote unquote defensive specialist, rebound specialist, uh-huh. like what is that going to do? It come playoff time, it's not going to matter. So for me personally, like why expend the assets for something that's going to be irrelevant in the most important time of the season? Because what if you get into, you know, what if you get into the playoffs and one of those guys goes down? There's a very, I mean, you have to just sort of. Yeah, here's but there's why. always. Wouldn't that you rather chance. have? 
wouldn't you rather have low post redundancy or just a preventative measure that you'd have in the if if that person eats bench and rides pine the whole time and gets very few minutes, maybe just a couple to spell one or one or the other during the game. So be it. I mean, I know you want to just have a seven or an eight person rotation, but full well knowing that Horford is older and the older you get and you're carrying around that size frame and everything else that Al Horford's gone through. If you're carrying around that kind of weight frame and age and experience and you know Porzingis is just like a, you know, a, a rebound or a breath away sometimes from tweaking something or straining something else, I, I just rather have it as opposed to not. And I don't think you're going to have to spend crazy value. Uh, don't the Celtics ha- have a, uh, what is it, like a $6.3 million trade exemption that they could use this season? Uh, yes, I believe that's the case. All right. Well, I mean, the, you know, that and. You sure. Know. Uh, so, I, I guess, okay. So, I guess you don't like O'Shea Brissett. You're not a big Brissett guy? Mm-hmm. I like Jacoby. I don't, th- I don't think I'm the president of the O'Shea Brissett <laughs> fan club. Fair enough. 617 if you want to weigh in on your Boston Celtics. What do they? What do you think they need at the trade deadline, if anything? How do you feel about this team currently number one in the East at 25 and 6? Just got back to back wins. We also talked about your Boston Red Sox. Lucas Giolito, officially a Boston Red Sox signed. A two year deal worth $38.5 million could go up to 40 and could be a three year deal uh, with a team option. It is Fitzy and Shime filling in for Ken and Curtis here on WEI. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.